Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And welcome in, everybody, to Big 12 Football and Beyond. I am your host, Chris Landry. Joining you each and every Wednesday right here at 4 p.m. Central Time. Hope you had a chance to check us out the hour before as we do a little Alabama football talk with a good friend, Ryan Fowler, uh, on the game in Tuscaloosa. Well, we're talking Big 12 football. Uh, today we've got some news and notes that we want to get to. Going on around camps, uh, we got the, obviously, did you forget by now the uh, – Baylor situation and what that situation is, and we got some resolution to that, sort of. We're going to talk a little bit about that, and then going to break down Oklahoma State, going to break down Texas Tech and West Virginia. And we'll finish up next week with the remaining three. But um, we're going to break down those three programs, these teams this year. So sit back, relax, and hope you've had a chance um, to check out what we're doing all throughout the Landry Football Network and LandryFootball.com. If you are listening to this in podcast form, uh, we ask you to check us out live and join us in the chat room and uh, send us your questions. The only way we can address your questions is if if you join us in the chat room. So we hope and uh, appreciate the ones that do join us. Uh, But join us in the chat room. How do you do that? Go to twitch.tv slash chrislandryfootball. That'll get you there. That'll allow you uh, to send your questions. Join us in the chat room. Uh, and we'll uh, get to it uh, right here on this show. Uh, if you haven't, haven't had a chance, check out our other conference shows, uh, SEC Football and Beyond, ACC Football and Beyond, Big Ten Football and Beyond. Tomorrow at this time we'll be doing Pac-12 Football and Beyond. So we're really excited at what we have going on here. And also at LandryFootball.com, you can check out all the latest inside information on the college and pro game. What's going on in training camps? What's going on? at college football practices around the country. Uh, We got it all for you in our notebooks. Got all the previews of all the teams. Go search for your favorite team, favorite conference, and find out the latest information and get the scouting report and roster analysis on your favorite college and NFL team. So, uh, as I mentioned, um, the NCAA, in a what seemed like forever, gosh, want to get into some of this, but and I will next hour on the Landry Football Podcast of kind of where we are with NCAA enforcement. But announcing on Wednesday that Baylor's football program being placed on four years probation in connection with its investigation into multiple rules violations and sexual assault allegations. They were fined $5,000. They'll lose a total of 
30 official visits. This is no bull ban was handed down, and former director of football operations was given a five-year show cause, but the head coach, Art Brawls, wasn't punished at all. Baylor admitted in their own investigation, seemingly eons ago, to moral and ethical failings in its handling of the sexual and interpersonal violence on campus, but they argued those failings, however, egregiously did not constitute a violation of NCAA rules. So the rules violations were handed down in a very, very paltry uh, manner, I think. But to arrive at a different outcome, again, uh, it, it creates a little bit of a dichotomy of what does the NCAA do? What are their latitude? Um, what we hear and what's proven, all those things factor in. Um, it just goes to show that there's not a lot of teeth, not a lot of legs to what the NCAA can do at this point. So in essence, um, you know, Baylor took care of a lot of, a lot of people, uh, Ian McCall, the athletic director is now at Liberty. Art Browse can't find a job. His son, Kendall is the offensive coordinator at Arkansas, but basically those they handled their stuff internally, but this really amounted to not a whole lot, um, but a whole lot of time to get to that point. Um, we'll get into more about where the future might be with the NCAA um, and what probably needs to get done in the future up on LandryFootball.com next hour. Some news at Texas. The uh, junior wide receiver Joshua Moore had a, Shoulder injury um, and missed uh, early this week, missed Wednesday's practice. Uh, he's considered day-to-day. He's a really good-looking player. Nothing that is uh, overly concerning. Uh, he's going to be a key factor in their passing game and Steve Sarkeesian's passing game. Over at West Virginia, some good news since we last spoke with you. Don't know if you heard about it, but the linebacker, uh, Travis Lathan, a four-star linebacker in the class of 2022, he's from – Gulliver Prep in Miami. This is a really good get for Neil Brown, and we're going to break down that program and kind of where they need to go. This kid is really athletic, cover backs and tight ends in space. This is a really good get for West Virginia. Don't know where West Virginia, or for that matter, the rest of this league is headed in terms of who's going to be in what league win, but that program, uh, this is a good get for them. And over at Texas Tech, we'll talk about them today as well. There's sophomore wide receiver, the big kid, Eric um, he's a Ganama who's had the broken arm in the spring. Um, he says he's ready to go. So you've got Collins and Jeffers, and he are all full goal. Uh, they're going to monitor him, but that's a big-looking group of receivers. They've got the Troy transfer, Kalen Geiger. So, um, and remember, and we'll, we'll get into it in the breakdown, but Tyler Schoff is, is, um, is quarterback coming over from Oregon, So and he gives them a dual threat. So they kick, kick off their slate against Houston, if you haven't um, forgotten or didn't know, on September 4th at NRG Stadium. Should be a lot of points in that game. We've been – I don't react or care a whole lot about the top 25 in the initial rankings, but it's a talking point, and everybody asks me about it. So I feel like I'm neglecting the issue, the topic, if I don't talk about it. Um, so let's talk about it in relation to the Big 12 teams and who's ranked where in the initial top 25. I will also get into 
what the initial poll means or doesn't mean in the Landry Football Podcast next hour. But as you might expect, Oklahoma's the highest-ranked team. They're third. You can make a case for them anywhere in the top five. Maybe a stretch to put them one, but you could certainly make them a case for them two, three, four, or five. Because I think you can look at Clemson in Ohio State, Georgia in Alabama, and you could probably make the same claim. I mean, Alabama will get the benefit of the doubt, and they did, because they've been their most successful program. They're really good. They rebuild. They lose coaches. They lose players. They still end up being, you know, so it's it's – you know, it, it it doesn't mean a whole lot. And it's one of the things I want to get into next hour. But it's it's a talking point, nothing more. One of the things, though, about it, and I'll just touch on it a little bit here, is, and look, I'm guilty because people ask, who's, who's your top five? Who's this? Well, I, I've said it. I think there are five teams. Oklahoma's one of them that's capable of winning a national championship. That's how I see it now. But if the season goes differently, meaning if I see a team that I would move out of that group because of their play or whatever circumstances, I'll just say, hey, look, it's not the same as I saw it back in August. And same thing if a team looks a lot better. I have a fear that we live in this world of, though, once we put a team up at a certain spot, It's only human nature for the real voting or the real committee to take some of that into account. And that's a little bit dangerous. It's lazy, but it happens. We'd be naive to think that it doesn't happen because it does. It absolutely does. So, um, look, I think Oklahoma is very good. I think they've got a great chance um, to be in the playoffs, and I think they've got a chance to perhaps – do more damage in the playoffs once they get there than they have before. Um, Iowa State's at eight. That's about right. I mean, you can make a case for any place outside that initial group and put them kind of in the top ten-ish. I'd say seven to anywhere from seven to 12 with Brock Purdy and Bryce Hall. Matt Campbell's got a really good team. Where do you think Texas should be ranked, folks? What do you think about them? Um, that's intriguing. 19. I mentioned, I don't think this is a bad looking team at all. Um, B. John Robinson's one of the elite backs. Sam Ellinger's getting splitting first team reps in Indianapolis with the injury of Carson Wentz. Uh, Is that a little high for Texas? About right. What do you think out there? Oklahoma state. Top 25 at 22, uh, TCU getting some – I think TCU is very underrated. I think TCU is better than Oklahoma State. I think <clears throat> they might finish – I would probably have TCU in my top 15. Tulsa, no, they're not in the league, folks, but in the region, Tulsa, Houston, and SMU are in the mix. And West Virginia, another team that we're going to talk about today that is um, uh, you know, ranked or at least kind of the under consideration – for being ranked um, amongst the league's best. So let's get into the breakdowns. I want to get into, and I want to start with Oklahoma State first. I think that they're a um, an interesting program. The thing about 
OSU that that jumps out at me is the fact that they've changed a little bit the past couple of years. The defense has improved under Jim Knowles, and they have um, complemented that with a really good running game. Now, good running back will certainly help you go in that direction. But one of the things that's interesting is <clears throat> that they've – I don't think they've changed their style, but they put an emphasis more on running the football. And I think in some ways it's helped. But the thing about Oklahoma State in a big picture look is after the 2011 season in the national run, and I went back and looked because I didn't remember them finishing very high at any point since. You know they haven't finished in the top 10 since. It's been a long stretch of, you know, mediocrity. And when you give folks a taste of, well, this this is really good. This is a better-looking team. It's a better-looking program than it's been. People want it. They've struggled on the offensive line lately. And the secondary leads the defense. The defensive front's okay, but the secondary has been really talented. Now, Trace Ford is a really good defensive end. He has a chance to be a good edge rusher for them. I think that Coach Knowles, they do – a really good job of changing their fronts well on defense. Uh, look, you need to match Big 12 offenses with some exotics. And uh, at times, um, you know, match them. Unless unless you're super disciplined in assignment football like in Iowa State and be physical. So they've, they've tried to do a good job of, of matching the offenses in this league. And they've done a pretty good job. The passing game is still... Um, has bite, but they need their offensive line to protect Spencer Sanders. Spencer Sanders is not stayed healthy, but when he does, he's a dual-threat guy. This team can compete if they can protect Spencer Sanders, give him a chance, and they're off. And they're, the, 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 uh, the defense continues to play like it has. They've got a chance to be pretty good. This is a this pretty good unit. Um, it's a pretty good team. So I think um, Oklahoma State's going to be interesting to watch. So let's get into a little bit more of the Cowboys. <clears throat> I think health last year was a problem that hurt them a little bit. But I do think they feel good in talking with them about their quarterback situation, um, the fact that they've got playmaking ability. They feel like Spencer Sanders can be not only a talented guy, but no better what to do with the football. <clears throat> I thought he played well against Baylor last year. Uh, he did a good job in the bowl game. He threw for over 300 yards in the bowl game. Uh, they knew they need new playmakers to emerge around Sanders. Uh, Tay Martin and Brennan Presley really dazzled. Um, the Washington Tate uh, transfer is the, the, the Tay Martin kid. He's got size and ball skills, and he plays a lot of coming from that style. A lot of what they like to do. Presley, uh, Brendan Presley is the slot guy. He's really fast and elusive. So they've got the guys that can carve out a little bit of a role in the niche. Braden Johnson is kind of an unproven guy, but can also help them. The running game should still be strong. Desmond Jackson and L.D. Brown coming off solid seasons. Dominic Richardson and the Utah State kid Jalen Warren are good players. Um, 
The offensive line, I talked about, the, that's been a problem. That's been an issue. Um, Tevin Jenkins is headed on to the NFL. Josh Shills returns. Um, the uh, Danny um, Godzleski, the Miami of Ohio transfer, really good all-Mac player. I think it's going to be a really good center. Um, and, again, I think the defense is probably the biggest thing that's impressed me that they've changed. Um, and they do, they've do. they done a really good job. They've got, um, you know, a couple of guys. Uh, they've got uh, a couple, the safeties are really good. They've got Big 12 safeties. Rodriguez and uh, Colby Harville-Peel are really good. Uh, they've got some experience up front. Mentioned Trace Ford coming back from the ACL. But Harvey Peel, Sterling, McAllister, really good on the back end. Um, I thought, you know, in the spring they worked hard to identify that corner to pair with Jarek Bernard Converse and Christian Holmes played very well. We'll see what Corey Black and Thomas Harper can do there. Um, I thought the punter Tom Hutton did a really good job last year. And the kicker Alex Hales is a Groza Award finalist. So, um, it's a real interesting team that has done a really good job. They've not been what you would call the um, a big threat in terms of making the run like they did in 2011, but really a solid team that still you got to be careful with. Uh, defensively, though, very impressed with what they've been able to do and how they've been able to adjust. So um, I think that when I look at them in the Big 12, I still see the Big 12 kind of being more along the lines of Oklahoma. I think that um, Iowa State is still the second-best-looking team at this point. I would probably put TCU third. Then I'd probably put Texas fourth, then Oklahoma State. Um, It's kind of how I see it. It's kind of how I see them uh, uh, playing it out. Um, looking at OSU, the red-grade players, Brown and Martin, Sills on the offensive line. Uh, I do think uh, Tyler Lacey, as I mentioned, Trace Ford, Rodriguez, the outside backer, uh, and I think both the safeties. Uh, and uh, the corner homes are all red-grade players. So really good quality players that I think could compete in the top level of the Big 12. Could they finish a couple of spots higher? Could they finish third? And would it shock me? No. But offensive line play is going to be the key. Protect And the health of the quarterback is going to be the key. And both of them are going to kind of work in unison. Next up, Texas Tech. In a program in Matt Wells that's in a very important year. Uh, I like some of the things that they've done, but there's no getting around the fact that 11 straight years with a losing record versus Big 12 opponents. Um, they went heavy into the transfer portal to fix some of their issues. Uh, Tyler Schaff is coming. Quarterback, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, the TCU tackle. T.G. Stormont is another transfer. Both of those guys are plug-and-play starters. What I see when I watch them, they play hard. They're tough. They're physical. But I don't really see in a defensive identity yet. And it's had a negative effect on how they call and run their offense. 
Schauf is um, is a dual threat guy, and Sonny Cumbie's gonna gonna use him in the run game. I think extensively. So I'm curious to see what they do. It's Matt Wells likes to obviously work the backs in the run game, and Sonny's gonna want to run a little bit more spread. So how much will they do that's a little bit more derivatives of the air raid versus what Matt Rel- Mel's like to do? So the different personnel package and the formation looks are going to be real interesting to see uh, how this uh, plays out for, for Tech. I see them as a team that's going to finish kind of down a bit. They lost a lot of close games um, past couple of years. They're basically changing a new page on offense, trying to get more explosiveness. And they were trying to be the, the more physical team. They were trying to do the Iowa State thing, just haven't done it that well. Um, they just, they're going to need to get Tyler Shaw to take them kind of where they haven't been offensively for the past few years. Tyler's played well at Oregon. Now, it's, you know, obviously they're going in a different direction there and Anthony Brown, but he was uh, he was really good. I mean, Shaw led to the Pac-12 championship, and, you know, he's got some ability in the passing game, and he had a good spring for him. So he can stand the pocket, make some throws, can throw it across to the far hash. He's got, he's got some real ability there, and he can run the football. The offensive line – Again, gets a boost with uh, with Stormont who left TCU. Um, the weapons on offense will be a little bit different with Carter and Jalen Polk both transferring. T.J. Vassar is leaving for the NFL. We just mentioned um, Ikazama is coming back with the injuries. So they've got big receivers. They've got a stable running back with Sir Roderick Thompson. they got the Troy transfer, Kalen Geiger, can really help them in the pass game. Um so uh, that's the offense is something that they hope can give them a little bit more juice than they've had before. They are working hard to kind of fix the defense, both in recruiting and via the transfer portal who can help right away. Um, they currently have 11 Power 5 transfers on the roster. So uh, the linebacker is a position that, that's where their defense kind of is fueled. That's the, the position that makes them go. They get uh, Colin Schooler, the Arizona transfer. Rico Jeffers, who led the team in tackles. Creshawn Merriweather. Those are all guys that can kind of make them go there. In the secondary, uh, they've got the, the LSU transfer, Eric Monroe. The Duke transfer, Marquise Waters. A um, little bit more concern on the back end. So they're not, they've not had the success of winning. Uh, not been um, the type of program that they had hoped and I think there's a little bit of pressure that Matt Wells, I think last year everyone gets a little bit of a break. I do think things are trending positively with Matt, but I think he needs to show it a little bit more this year. I think we need to see it's the deepest they've been defensively in a while. I think we're going to see a little bit of improvement, but what does that improvement mean? Can they finish in the top five? I mean, I, I kind of look at them, you know, let's throw out Oklahoma one and then Kansas 10. And I think somewhere in that, in that six, seven, eight, nine ranges where I see tech, if they finish six, that's a real positive. I see them maybe 
as a team right there with Kansas State, West Virginia, Baylor. That's kind of and and um, the, you know those Baylor, West Virginia, Kansas State, and Tech. Those four kind of are in that group just above Kansas, and I think what order they're in uh, is is going to be really important for the future. I don't think they'd let Matt go this year with a bad season, but I think it sets up a very difficult season the following year if he doesn't have success this year. So we shall see uh, on that. Next up is West Virginia. And this is um, a team that appears to be in a flux with a the Big 12 situation and big of a mess as it is. It's unfortunate because we just talked about Tech and Matt. I, I think Neil Brown, I see signs that they're a little bit ahead of, say, where Tech is in terms of putting together a little bit of a slow build of a program. There was a complete culture change after being left a depleted and undisciplined roster. So was the Tech situation, too. Um, that was a a mess and it lacked a lot of foundational toughness at the line of scrimmage. This was a roster that was depleted. Dana left them in bad shape. He left after a really good, had a really good team and left it. And and there was a lot of cultural issues, undisciplined roster. And I start to see a slow turnaround, the good foundational basis with what Neil's doing. However, they've, you know, they've, look, they've lost eight straight to Oklahoma and six straight to Oklahoma State. That's not all on Neil, but certainly very little on Neil, actually. But if you look at them, they finish in the bottom three in the Big 12 more often than the top three. It, it hasn't been a good switch since they've gone to the Big 12. I don't think it's been a really good fit for them. They're a fish out of water. Now, recruiting hasn't really changed. They're recruiting about the same level quality-wise as they have pre-Big 12 versus post-Big 12, but they're playing better teams, teams that are tougher to defend. And therefore, they're not been as successful in the Big 12 as they were in the Big East days. They're an RPO-heavy offense using both the inside zone and the outside zone. They have assigned a, a dual-threat quarterback in Garrett Green. Said uh, very impressive signing this week at linebacker. Um, with with Green, they're going to – in this offense, there are going to be a lot of design quarterback runs and draws and options. They're bringing in Kurt Soraka and is the new offense coordinator. Kurt was a big part of Minnesota success a couple of years ago when, when they won 11 games and the Big Ten, and then didn't have a very good year in one year at Penn State. Um, he has an RPO background, and he'll impl- he likes to implement a lot of the slant routes uh, and throw behind the linebackers on the RPOs game. So look for a lot of that. They need to recruit and develop better on the offensive line. They're not good enough there, and that's a, that's a problem that they've got to correct. The defensive identity has changed. They play uh, more um, – Sound, disciplined style. They're not as many missed tackles as there were in the Holgerson era. Uh, I think Neil's doing a, a pretty good job. I just don't know about their future, and I just don't know where they go from here just as a program because of the switches in the conference. 
Um, if you look at the offense a little bit deeper, and we're going to go a little bit deeper into the team, um, in watching them, I saw them show some flashes in both the run and pass game, but not enough consistency. And defensively, they did a really good job defending the pass, and I think they're making a lot of strides here. I think the defense coordinator, Jordan, Jordan Leslie, has done a really good job there for him, and he's got more and more responsibility. Um, the Army game and the bowl game kind of spurred some question marks of where they're going at quarterback. Now, Jared, I talked about the young quarterback, but Jared Dodge started all 10 games. But he had the poor first half against Army, and then they went to Austin Kendall. And so where is that going there? Is he get a shot? I mean, he's going to get a shot, but is he going to beat out with Green? I think he will. They've got a true freshman, real Crowder, who can help them. Um, I'm curious to see where they go. It's going to be built around the run game, though, with Letty Brown, uh, Tony Mathis Jr., a various Sparrow. They're all going to get carries, but Letty Brown's the key guy. Um, and I think they'll work, you know, a, a two-back system. Jalen Anderson and Justin Johnson, there's a lot of experience at receiver with Sam James and uh, Bryce Ford, Wheaton, and uh, Winston uh, Wright. Um, Sean Ryan and Reese Smith and Sam Brown have all started games at tight end. The Michael Laughlin kid and T.J. Banks are really good in the red zone. I do think they've got some experience on the offensive line um, with Brandon Yates. Uh, and Zach Frazier, uh, the Virginia Tech kid, Doug Nestor, will slide into roles. Uh, Jacoy Hubbard is going to see significant playing time there. But it's the defense that I'm curious to see what they're able to do because they played so well, but they lose so many productive players. Um, Darius Stills at nose tackle. The defensive line should still be a strength of the team. Now, Darius's younger brother, Dante, is there, and he had – ten-and-a-half tackles for loss with his defensive tackle spot. Jeffrey Pooler uh, played another year. Akeem uh, Mesador is coming off a All-American um, freshman campaign, finished with five sacks. They had got one excellent season from Tony Fields, but you wonder what they're going to do at Mike Backer here. Um, Xrey Loy is going to get reps at Bandit. Uh, then Darius Cowan and Jared Bartlett are also going to get a lot of look there at linebacker. Um, the secondary uh, was hit hard by transfers, namely Tyke Smith, uh, Sean Mahone, Alonzo Adai, uh, a return for another year. The Arizona transfer, Scotty Young, um, is a guy to look out for. The corner, Drayson Miller, uh, Victoria Fortune, Daryl Porter, Jackie Matthews. Um, those all guys that I think can – can um, can help this young defense. I, I kind of think they take a bit of a step back here. They recruit. Uh, I thought the recruiting class last year ranked fourth in that league. They had two top 300-level commitments, the Wyatt Milam kid, um, the the tackle, uh, Caden Prather, the receiver's really good. Jaden Anderson and Justin Johnson were really good. Um, Will Crowder came out of Alabama, three-star kid. And then uh, Ja'Cory Hamlet and Hammond Russell and Brandon Dudley are guys um, that I think can help them. So it's a program that I think is improving, but I, like I have with all the programs in the Big 12 that are being left over due to the 
the uh, Oklahoma and Texas moving to the SEC, I have concerns about their future. And I don't know where um, they're going to end up and what the circumstances are going to be with them. I think in terms of their roster and looking at their red-grade players, I had Letty Brown, Winston Wright on offense, Zach Frazier on the offensive line, and Brandon Yates. Those are the four red-grade guys I have for them, as well as on the defensive front, the linebacker, Akeem Ezador, the freshman who's got a lot of ability. Dante Stills is really good, played well last year, and then the free safety, Alonzo Adai. So not enough players, not enough depth, but what I see that they're doing is they're building a solid foundation. And who knows, you know, um, how do we start looking and define programs like West Virginia? Are they going to be in a, an AAC, for example, or uh, where that's going to go? We just don't know yet with that. I kind of see them, as I mentioned, with Tech and Kansas State and Baylor in that tier. I look at Oklahoma, then there's a little drop in Iowa State, but yet both of them are top ten. Then I think there's a little drop, and I would put TCU in Texas. And then I'd put another line, and then I'd, I'd probably – well, I'd probably put TCU, Texas, and Oklahoma State. Then I'd draw the line, and then the, the line would be the next four. Baylor, in no particular order. Baylor, and we'll get to them next week. Baylor, West Virginia, Kansas State, and Texas Tech. And then the final line, and then Kansas is at the very bottom. And I like Lance Leopold. I think he'll do a good job, but we know that's a major, major rebuilding process. Folks, I really appreciate uh, those of you that did join us. Uh, I know that um, didn't have a whole lot of, of, of Wichet King. Let's see, get a mailback question before we go. Wichet King getting under the wire. Can Lance Lapple win enough at Kansas to get a better job? I think he's an excellent coach, but fear this job could be dead end at this point. I think he can. I think that uh, if you look at Kansas, people talk about being a dead end job. Um. It's no more of a dead-end job than Iowa State was. You can win enough there to get a better job. Um, I've seen guys do it. Glenn Mason did it. Pepper Rogers did it way back. Mark Mangino did it recently. No, you're not going to win big at Kansas. But let me remind you that they were in the top five or six in the old when Kansas-Missouri played in a big game and Todd Reesing, and they had some really good players. So, yes, you can do it. It's just dropped so far that it's going to be very, very difficult, no doubt. Do I think Lance is going to do every bit as good as Matt Campbell did at Iowa State? That, that's, that's a tough ask, and I'm not going to say that, no. But, yes, I think he can do a good job there, and I think that there's enough there to support it. However – They're not going to be in the Big 12. Well, excuse me. Let me back up. Where are they going to be? Are they going to be in the Big 12 in a in a conference that's going to be a shell of itself? Are they going to join another league like the AAC? I don't know. So this job is going to be different because they're either going to be in a Big 8 that sands Oklahoma and, and sands – Nebraska left, you know, a while ago. And then they're in a Big 12 that no longer has Texas in it. So, the look, we know the Big 12 is hurting. So this has now become a tougher job. 
So to your point is, do I think Lance can do a good job? Do I think you can win enough at Kansas to get another job? I I think you can, but you're not going to be doing it in the Big 12 or the Big 12 as we know it. So I think that job just got tougher, just like I think the job at Oklahoma State in West Virginia in Kansas State, um, Texas Tech and, you know, TCU and Iowa State, I think those jobs got tougher. Uh, and, and if they go into, for example, the AAC, of course you can have success and win there. That's that's certainly doable. But the status of not being in a Power 5 league is um, going to certainly hurt them. Hey, well, appreciate that wood-checking. Really appreciate your support and loyalty. Spread the word out there, what we're doing. If you've got a question, we're getting into it, folks. We, uh, we appreciate everybody, and we certainly want you to listen and sign up for our Landry Football Podcast channel. If you hadn't done so, please do so. doesn't cost anything. Just go ahead and sign up for it. Um, that way you can get notification and you can catch all, catch all the podcasts if you can't catch the show live. But if you're listening to this um, – you can go to you can go to landryfootball.com and find all the podcasts by the way anyway but if you're um you got a chance to catch us live join us live on twitch.tv slash chris landry football sign up and you'll get notification when we're getting ready to go live and join us in the chat room ask any questions uh and that's the best way to we can help you out in that regard so we appreciate you joining us at top of the hour landry football podcast Going to be talking about um, a number of things. One is kind of where the NCAA is or is not in terms of enforcement and where we likely need to go in a big-picture look in college football with some organizational structure. Not necessarily saying that's where we're going, but where we should go. One. Two, what does the top 25, initial top 25, truly mean? Does it mean a lot? Um, we'll get into that next hour. So check out LandryFootball.com. You want detailed breakdowns, all the Big 12 teams, any other team, regardless, go and look at it. Uh, You can find it. Look on the left side. You'll see the names of the teams. Click on it, and you'll get the preview analysis, a roster analysis of all your favorite teams. The NFL as well, the notebooks, we got it all for you. So check it out at LandryFootball.com. Make sure you take advantage of the football season sale today. Thank you. Talk to you at the top of the hour for Landry Football Podcast. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.